You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Welcome back. Follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy to keep up to date with all the Packers news. There's a lot of it flying around. Uh, we do have texts, voicemails that you can leave for the show, either one. That number is 231-714-4195. Uh, Twitter is the easiest way to get a hold of me if you're just shooting a quick message over but uh the the texting is there for folks who don't have twitter big thank you to the new patreon uh supporters we got uh ken jumping on with some support i guess he heard uh me asking last week for a little bit of help upgrading my audio equipment so we are uh one step closer to being able to do that appreciate you ken um, also, uh, big thank you to Michael and Goose, who have been longtime supporters now already. Uh, okay, so we're going to do this live. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week and last week have been kind of crazy for me. Uh, a lot of traveling, uh, like 18 hours of driving in four days, something like that. So like, I'm, I'm just tired of driving, tired of being on the road, tired of not sleeping in my own bed. At least not consecutive nights um so and i kind of debated pushing this project off until next week when i have more time but i just don't want to do that um so i I put a lot of work into putting together my big board for the packers and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about trade trading in the draft and i'm a little bit scatterbrained because i've been uh just absolutely pouring myself into all these numbers. So do I remember exactly what I wanted to talk about today? No, I do not. <laughs> but um, uh, like I had some other additional topics is what I mean. But Brian Gutekunst in his, what, this is his fifth year now drafting for us, has made big trades in the draft every single year. So I absolutely expect him to do that again this year. Uh, 2018, he made three trades during the draft. 2019, he made a trade in the first round. 2020, he made a trade in the first round. 2021, of course, he traded up in the third round. So actually, uh, 2021 is the only year that he's been the GM, that he did not make a trade in the first round. And since he has two first-round picks to work with and two second-round picks, I think it's pretty 
safe to say that he's going to use some of his ammunition to move around the draft. This is just who he is. Also, as I was putting together the numbers on like where he has traded around in the past, dude, those twenty, uh, those uh, fourth round picks. I almost said twenty fourteen picks. Those fourth round picks are just like currency to him. Uh, <laughs> not that he hasn't taken some guys in the fourth round, because he has, but he often has multiple fourth round picks, and even when he doesn't, he still trades them away. Twenty twenty is the only year that I see on here that he only had one fourth round pick and he traded that to move up four spots in the first round from pick 30 to pick 26 and one of the things that was kind of blowing me away as I was looking at this because I have the trade um trade pick what I say draft pick trade value chart here and a calculator so we can um play around with some of these picks and and see where we can move one of the things I was noticing is just how shocking it is to me, like how much more expensive it is to move around at all in the first round. And then after that, like it, it kind of hardly matters. You get to like the really late rounds and like, uh, you know, if, if you want to move up from the sixth round to the fifth round, it's like uh, kind of all it takes is like maybe throw in an extra seventh round pick. <laughs> <laughs> which is nothing. Um but to move up in the in the in the first round is pretty pricey. Looking at the 2021 2021. You can you can see how scatterbrained I am. I promise I'm going to give you good inf- information here though. The 2018 draft. We traded away pick 14 and we actually got two first round picks out of that. We got uh, pick 2017 in the 2018 draft. And then, of course, we got pick, well, we got the, the Saints first round pick in 2019, which ended up being pick 30, but that could have been anything. You know, it was a pretty safe bet that the Saints were going to be good the following year, but anything could have happened. You know, Drew Brees could have gotten hurt. That could have been like a, a top three pick. You never know. Uh, generally, first round picks for future years are certainly not very valued in comparison to picks from this year. One of the things I saw on Twitter, I've seen a couple people point out just how many first round picks are being traded around this year. Like the the Browns gave up uh, three first round picks, which, you know, does include obviously first round picks for future years. But you're looking at like every team around the league and the, on the trades that they're making. The first round picks, first and second round picks for 2022 are just kind of getting traded around a little bit more than usual. and. So Twitter's analysis is that that means that this draft class is kind of viewed as weak, which I think probably is accurate in comparison to some previous years, at least when it comes to like the top end talent for the first couple rounds. But also those GMs, I think, kind of stink at evaluating talent. So load up our GM, who's very good at identifying early talent. Give him his give him all the picks. I'm I'm fine with that. If you're devaluing your 2022 early round draft picks this year, and uh Brian Gudikins is the recipient of that, I'm more than okay with that because yeah, I think there are fewer gems in the first couple rounds than there are usually, but I trust Goody to find those. 
because he has a pretty sterling track record of doing that. All right, so what I have here, I've got my big board, and I have our draft picks, and I have my draft calculator. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about how the Packers view when you should trade up. And we're going to kind of try and break up some of these pl- these players into tiers because this is how the Packers operate is that they sort of have tiers to where they say like, uh, you know, from Aiden Hutchinson through, um, you know, Ahmad Gardner. Let's say that, that uh, you know, those first nine picks on like the consensus big board, not not the. Not that the Packers care about the consensus big board, but let's say that that's their big board. It just happens to match the consensus big board. We'll say, you know, those are like the premium guys. And if one of those like nine guys falls down to like pick 15 or so, it's really worth it to us to try and trade up because we think that those guys are worth the value that it would take for us to move from 22 to 15, which is actually a lot. To move from pick 22, which is worth 253 points on the Rich Hill Index, up to pick 15, which is worth 315 (laughs) points. 315 minus 253 is 62 points. First of all, we'd have to give up something worth 62 points, which is about uh, a fourth round pick, except that the Packers fourth round picks are a little bit later, so they're not actually worth that much. So you'd have to give up a third round pick or a fourth and a fifth. Your first fourth round pick is worth 44 points. Your first fifth round pick your only fifth round pick is worth 19 points so those two combined kind of gets you in the 62 range but then you have the question of does philadelphia who owns pick 15 are they interested in giving up their pick 15 and moving back to pick uh 22 just for a fourth and fifth round pick the answer is probably not but obviously you don't know it, it's worth calling them and asking. They're probably going to be asking for at least a third round pick. And your third round pick is at 92. So you're actually overpaying to move up to pick 15. So at that point, you have to determine is the guy, the particular guy that has fallen down to pick 15, is he worth it to us? Do we consider that he should, um, that he, that he's worth that? So, if we're saying that uh, we think it's really good value to pick him at 15, which is worth 350 points on this trade value chart, and we are giving up a third round pick to get up there, we're overpaying by about 30 points, which means that we actually think he's worth taking about 30 points earlier. And 30 points earlier is pick 12. So um, if there's a guy available at 15 that we think have as a the number 12 guy that we think is his his best value is at pick 12 then we're willing to trade up with that third round pick to get to pick 15 does that kind of make sense that's kind of how the how you work the math on that 
So your next question, of course, is, well, how high could we get up by making some trades that are kind of more typical of what the Packers have done in recent years? So looking at what they've done in recent years, you have, uh, I feel like uh, 2018 is kind of the least relevant in terms of that it's the furthest in the past. But it maybe is the mo- one of the more relevant ones just because of how many picks we have. Maybe maybe uh, 2019 when we had multiple first-round picks is, is worth looking at here. In 2019, we started out with pick 12 and pick 30. And we ended up picking at 12 and 21. And to move up from 30 to 21, we had to give up two fourth-round picks. So if you're curious if that was good value, so 114 and 118 are those fourth round picks, and those are worth 29 and 27 points apiece. So that's 56, and uh, we married that with pick number 30, which is worth 196. All right, that gives us 252 points. 252 is uh, pick 22. So, yeah, that's actually uh, basically right about what you would have to give up to move from 30 to 21. Uh, This would actually, this chart says that that is worth pick 22, and we actually got pick 21 for it. So you'd actually say we had underpaid slightly. Um, So that was pretty good. Plus, you got Darnell Savage out of that. So let's do another another trade to, to see how closely Goody's math kind of lines up with Rich Hill's chart. So in 20, uh, let's see, I don't want to do 2018 because that, that involves a future year pick. And I don't know how he values that. And they don't tend to include that on the Rich Hill chart as far as I can see easily. So we're going to skip that one. Let's look at uh, his most recent trade in 2021. Trade up for Amari Rogers. So he started out with pick 92 in the third round, and he gave away his fourth round pick, 135, to move up to pick 85. So we moved up seven spots. So pick one, let's see, 92 is worth 43 points. That's funny. We own pick 92 again this year. That's kind of cool. So 92 is worth 43 points. Plus 135 is worth uh, 18 points. All right. And that gives us 61. And 61 points gets you up to pick 76. And uh, instead, we got pick 85. So we definitely overpaid for that one. Uh, Rich Hill's chart says that we should have gotten to pick 85. We instead got to, or I'm sorry, it says we should have gotten to 76. We instead got to 85. So um, now the one thing to consider here is that although that's as far up as you moved, you have to remember that Brian Gudekinst did not view Amari Rogers as a pick 76 guy, nor as a pick 85 guy. In fact, he was quite certain that Amari would not be there at pick 85 because he was desperate to trade out of pick uh, 85. Also, so he so he said he was willing to take um, Amari at pick 62, which was the back of the second round. 
Um, except that Josh Myers was, was there. And between the two guys, if he could only have one, he really wanted Josh Myers. But he also felt that it was good value for Amari. He just felt that Josh should have gone even earlier than that and kind of fell to him. And uh, Gudikin's story is that uh, as soon as they made the pick for Amari, I'm sorry, as soon as they made the pick for Myers, he immediately started working the phones, calling other teams, trying to trade up. I, I think that he said he would have liked to trade up into the very next pick at 63 <laughs> to take Amari because he was worried that Cincinnati was going to take, not, not Cincinnati, Cincinnati has that pick next year or this year. I don't recall who it was. He was worried that pick number 63 was going to take Amari. So it took a while to find a buyer, and he did overpay um, just based on where the pick was. He did not overpay in terms of getting the player that he wanted. He felt that Amari Rogers was worth taking at pick 62, which is worth 84 points. And the pick that he took him with was 85, which is worth 50 points, and he paid 61 points to get up there according to the Rich Hill trade chart. So does that make sense? So in Gudikin's mind, he underpaid in terms of getting the player he wanted by 19 points. So that is relevant. Um, so looking at what we could do with our picks this year, pick 22 is worth 253 points. Pick 28 is worth 209 points. So if you combined those two, 253, you get 462 points, which is worth um, a pick between five and six. You could trade up to about pick six by packaging both of those. And I think that if you called Carolina, uh, who owns pick number six, there is a chance that they would take those two picks. The only reason they might not is because Carolina is kind of a quarterback needy team, which brings to mind <laughs> that we have an extra quarterback that you might be willing to trade. What if, if there is a guy, let's say that uh, Brian Gutekunst board. So right now the big board consensus pick has Malik Willis at pick six. And you could really imagine Carolina wanting to take Malik Willis at pick six if he's there. Because Malik Willis is consensus pick number six. The uh, five guys ahead of him, you got Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, the tackle, uh, Ikemekwanu. That's, that's three tackles in a row right there. Uh, actually, Ikemekwanu and Charles Cross are kind of tied for fifth place. So that's six players right there that they have ahead of Malik Willis on the big board. Let's just pretend that Brian Gutekind's, um board matches this big board. But this isn't quite how the draft goes. And at pick six, uh, let's say that uh, Aiden Hutchinson, well, we'll say Kayvon Thibodeau because there's a lot of questions about Thibodeau. Let's say that Kayvon Thibodeau is still available at pick six. Brian Gutekunst could have enough ammunition to move picks 22 and 28 and move up to pick six and take Thibodeau. Now, do I want him to do that? Not really. I would rather get two first round picks, but uh, but you got to remember. So if Kayvon Thibodeau is projected to go at pick number two, that's worth 17 or 717 points on this chart. 
and you're only giving up 462 points to move up into a spot where you could draft that guy who you view as being that valuable, who has fallen to pick six. So you could call up uh, Carolina and you could say, hey, I got these two first round picks. Carolina says, appreciate but We really just we don't have a quarterback who can start for us this year. Maybe Jordan Love is trade bait in that situation. Trade Jordan Love plus pick 22 to move up to uh, pick number six and pick the guy that you view as being worth a second round pick. So this is kind of how you could move around the board. I think that jumping all the way up to six is pretty drastic. And I don't I don't know that uh, Carolina would view Jordan Love, who was picked at the back of the first round a year or two years ago as being worth more than pick 28. So if you're Carolina, you're probably in a position where you are trying to strong arm Green Bay into giving you both first round picks and Jordan Love. And at that point, you have to decide how much Jordan Love is worth to you. So that's how you could trade up uh, pretty high and grab one of those guys. I do think the Packers are going to probably trade out of pick 22 and move up a little bit earlier because 22 is close enough that you really could combine that and something else to move up pretty early and take one of the really premier guys. Um, And Gutekunst really likes moving around. It is worth noting that pick 22 in recent years has yielded some really good players. We got to take our first ad break and I'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So last year, pick 22 was cornerback Caleb Farley to the Titans. A uh, guy I really liked, but obviously there were a bunch of questions for him heading into that draft about injuries and whether he'd be able, able to even play. Um, his rookie season didn't end up playing very much, so uh, Farley, we're going to have to wait and see how he develops. Uh, the two picks after Farley were Christian Derisaw and Najee Harris. In 2020, <laughs> pick 22 was Justin Jefferson, 
who went one pick after Jalen Rager. Uh, he went a few picks before Brandon Ayuk at 25. Uh, Kenneth Murray was a linebacker that we all loved. He went one pick later at 23. Didn't end up having a fantastic rookie season uh, or a sophomore season, but whatever. Um, 2019, pick 22 was Andre Dillard to the Eagles. He's a tackle. Of course, Darnell Savage was the pick right before that. Right before that was Noah Fant. You could see the appeal of maybe moving up a few picks. Uh, the picks following Darnell Savage weren't, or I should say Andre Dillard, weren't crazy. He had Josh Jacobs at 24, who's obviously very good, but he's a running back. I think he was a bit overdrafted. Uh, Hollywood Brown was a bit of a disappointment for a first-round pick. 2018, going back, pick 22 was Rashawn Evans, a linebacker who went to the Titans, uh, but the pick before him was Billy Price, center for Cincinnati, who is pretty good. Frank Ragnow, Detroit center, went one pick before that. You had Leighton Van Der Esch and Jair Alexander, the couple picks before that, Derwin James. Again, you can see the appeal of moving up a couple of places from pick 22. After 22, you had New England drafted tackle Isaiah Wynn. Carolina drafted wide receiver DJ Moore. Baltimore drafted Hayden Hurst. And Atlanta drafted Calvin Ridley. That's definitely a guy who should have gone a little bit earlier than he did. 2017, what did we get at pick 22? Uh, Linebacker Charles Harris. Let me see what he's been up to. Let's see what his PFF grade is. Charles Harris. Ooh. So he's no longer with the Dolphins, of course. He is a lion. Uh, he was decent at pass rushing, and that was kind of only in this past year. He was bad at everything else last year and really bad prior to that. Actually, his overall grade in 2021 was a 68. He had a 60 run defense, but prior to that, you're looking at like 50s, and maybe up as high as a 60 in every category for the previous year. So Charles Harris, not a good pick. So that was pick 22 in the 2017 season. Of course, who could you trade it up for a couple spots? Well, OJ Howard went at pick 19. Jonathan Allen went at 17. He's been quite good. Uh, Marlon Humphrey went at 16. Malik Hooker. Safety for the Colts went at 15. So at that point, moving about seven picks up, that's going to take some significant draft capital. Let me see. Where's the uh, chart? So pick 15 is 315 points. I feel like we did, we did this to start the uh, start the show. We moved up to 15, and that cost us like, I don't remember how much. So 315 minus uh, 22 is worth 253 points. I definitely did this already. So that's 62, so you'd have to give up. That's right. That's where we had to um, give up a fourth and a fifth if if Philly would accept that uh, or overpay a bit with a third-round pick. So you'd have to give up your third to move up into, like, uh, Malik Hooker, Marlon Humphrey territory, which I think you're if, – if, you know, if you're getting a guy like that, I think you're comfortable with that. Man, there were a lot of good picks that went through – <laughs> the 2017 draft was kind of crazy. Let's revisit this for a second. So you had, obviously, Miles Garrett went first overall. Then the next few picks kind of sucked. You had Mitchell Trubisky, Solomon Thomas, who I don't think he's like done anything for the Niners at all. Then Leonard Fournette, 
who you can like Leonard if you want, but, you know, worth taking number four overall. Oh, my gosh. No. Corey Davis has been a has not lived up to being drafted fifth overall. Jamal Adams was then taken next. And that's an interesting one because obviously he was so good with the Jets and then has just been terrible since going to Seattle. But, you know, the Jets got great production out of him and netted two first round picks for him, too. So that pick certainly panned out for the Jets. Um, on paper, anyways. Mike Williams went next at seven. Again, I think that's way overdrafting. But then you have Christian McCaffrey at pick eight. Now, I don't like taking early first-round pick running backs, but if there ever was a guy who kind of did pan out for being taken that early, Christian McCaffrey is it. Then John Ross was the next guy off the board. Massive bust. Of course, you know, he's famous because he still owns the uh, world record for the fastest uh, combine 40 time. And he went one pick ahead of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> then he got Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Hassan Reddick, Derek Barnett, who's been lights out for the Eagles most years. Then you're in Malik Hooker, Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Allen territory. And then after that, the rest of the first round is kind of terrible until you get to pick 27 with Tredavious White, who I think has lived up to first round cornerback status. Uh, I think he was picked right about the exact correct time, you know, pick 27. He's very good, um, probably a, definitely a top 10 cornerback in the league, but not number one. Uh, Taco Charlton was awful. David Njoku uh, has produced for the Browns. I think he's a good player. I certainly would not take him in the first round. And then you got TJ Watt, of course, who was massively underdrafted. Um, if you were to do a redraft of, by the way, that's the end of the good players who were taken in the 2017 first round. So if you're going to do a redraft of that season, TJ Watt goes, uh, probably second overall. I think might, you still take miles Garrett first, then TJ Watt. And then after that, I mean, I'm not sure who you take. Uh, well, no, no, Patrick, Mahomes, if, if you're doing a redraft, Patrick Mahomes goes first. Then Deshaun Watson, probably. Then after that, you got Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. I think those are your first four picks if you were to redraft the 2017 season. 2016. Who'd you get at pick 22? And I should have been looking at pick 28 on all these as well. So we'll go back and do 28. Or, yeah, pick 28. But starting here in 26 or 2017, we'll visit that. Taco Charlton was the pick at 28 in 2017. Horrific player. Just awful. Total bust. 2016, your 22nd pick was wide receiver Josh Doxson for Washington. I don't think he's even, I don't think he's starting for any team. I'm sure he's still in the league. I know I had him in fantasy uh, just a, like three years ago. So let's see, who's he with today? He is with the Cardinals, and he didn't play in 2021. So he's out of the league. He hasn't played in a few years. Wow. He didn't play in 2019. 2018. So twenty. So he played 2016, 17, and 18. He was average in 2018, has never played since then. I don't know if there was an injury in there. I'm not going to look it up because I don't care. Um, And it kind of hurts more when you look at the guys taken around him. Previous pick was Will Fuller at 21. So that was a whiff by Washington. 
Um, well, not that Will Fuller was there at 22. Who could they have taken instead of Dotson? You had Laquan Treadwell, another wide receiver bust, was at 23 to the Vikings. Uh, cornerback, cornerback, Paxton Lynch. So Kenny Clark was taken at 27. So you, if you wanted Kenny Clark, you'd have to take him with your 22 pick. You, he wouldn't be there at 28. Uh, the only decent player left in the first round for the 2016 season was Vernon Butler at pick 30. So, man, after Will Fuller, the rest of that first round, the only good player taken is Kenny Clark. And actually looking at the second round, uh, Hunter Henry was taken with the fourth pick in the second round. Miles Jack. Chris Jones, Xavier Howard. He had a string of decent players taken there. Um, but the first few picks, Emmanuel Ogba, Kevin Dodd, Jalen Smith, terrible. Hey, here's our buddy Jerron Reed. Drafted uh, one spot behind Jason Spriggs by the Packers. And, of course, uh, two spots behind Michael Thomas. Whew, could have had Michael Thomas when we took Jason Spriggs instead. Oh, well. Um, don't hate Jason Spriggs. So, uh, looking at who we could have traded up for just a few picks in 2016. Deron Lee. Nope. Shaq Lawson. I mean, Shaq Lawson is better than Josh Doxson, that's for sure. So, I think you would have wanted to try and trade up uh, a few spots to try and nab Will Fuller. Uh, Laramie Tunsil obviously fell really far down to pick 13. And uh, that's about it. Oh, Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker was taken at 16. I think you're trying to trade up and grab Taylor Decker, um, knowing what you know now. So that's it for the 2016 draft. In 2015, who could you have traded up for? So Bud Dupree was taken at 22. Fantastic uh, outside linebacker for the Steelers. That's definitely who you take at 22. If you look at who came after that, as a bunch of nobodies, uh, our buddy Demarius Randall taken at pick 30. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson is in there, but he's not. I wouldn't take him over Bud Dupree. Second round, you had Landon Collins. No, thank you. Devin Smith. Is Devin Smith still in the league? Preston Smith taken at 38. So, honestly, if you were going to be doing your redraft here, and I'm not looking at guy, you know, real studs who fell down to like the third round, that kind of stuff. If you're just looking at who would you take at pick 22 and pick 23, or 22 and 28, you'd take uh, Bud Dupree, and you're probably, your, your 28 pick is probably Preston Smith. I don't see, oh, Eric Kendricks. I think you'd take Eric Kendricks over Preston Smith. He fell down to pick 45. Just not a lot of good players taken here uh max nope that's not max crosby that's max williams way too early for max crosby he was still like in high school <laughs> frank clark he's a terrible player no thank you uh tyler lockett fell down in third round but we're not reaching the third round we're not we're not we're not doing like that level of of hindsight so you're taking bud dupree and then you're probably taking um who did i say eric kendricks so if you were to trade up out of 22 and grab, you could get, uh, no, we're not taking Nelson Aguilar. We're not taking, you know, not that Marcus Peters is the worst player in the world, but Eric Armstead at 17, you're probably 
So you're probably trying to trade up from like 22 up to somewhere in the range of 15 to 17. We're kind of seeing that every single year as we look back at these. And I think, you know, if you're giving up a fourth and a fifth or giving up a third, by the way, you know, for the Packers, just burn your third round picks. Absolutely trade them away because we're not getting jack out of our third round picks. No disrespect to uh, Amari or Deguara. I still have a lot of hope that they're going to be great players. But um, if you look at everybody else we've taken in the third round, no thanks. All right. And here we come to 2014. This is as far back as I'm going to go. Pick 22 was Johnny Menzel, <laughs> which we're not doing. Um, but this is actually decent territory. So you tw pick 21 was HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix. Pick 23 was D Ford. I think you would take D Ford. You'd be fine with that at 22. Uh, and then pick 28 was ooh Kelvin Benjamin. So Johnny Menzel and Kelvin Benjamin. That's who you're getting with your two first round picks. Uh, some other guys who are here who actually have panned out a bit. Jimmy Ward was taken at 30. Um, Joel Batonio is a pretty good guard for Cleveland. He's one of the higher paid guards in the league. He was taken at the beginning of the second round. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is definitely worth a, um, a pick at 28. I would say even 22. I mean, he's a borderline top 10 NFL quarterback. <sighs> If nothing else, I mean, you can get great compensation for him uh, later on. And that's about it. It's a definite void of talent until Devontae Adams taken with the Packers' second-round pick. So if you were to try and trade up, again, we said like 15 through 17, somewhere around there. You would be able to grab Brandon Cooks or Zach Martin. There's also C.J. Mosley. Who I can't remember is C.J. Mosley a good player? C.J. Mosley, how's he doing? So he's still with the Jets. He's just just scraping the bottom of the barrel. This is a his last good season was 2019. He had a 75 overall grade. He didn't play in 2020. He was, I mean, Oren Burks level bad in 2021. He was a 70 in 2018. He was, uh, was he in 2016? I don't know why PFF is being slow today. It's taking forever to load. While that loads, we're going to, oh, here we go. 72 in 2017. He had a few decent years. Definitely not worth taking in the first round. Um, he'd be fine like the second or third round, but you're not, you're definitely not trading up to pick 17 to draft him. So this is uh, this is the territory. Obvi now, obviously, in 2014, Aaron Donald was there at pick 13. So in hindsight, you would move heaven and earth to move up and take Aaron Donald. So you could give up your... I think what you do is you would... It's tough because you took Ha Ha Clinton Dix with pick 21. And you took Devontae Adams with your second round pick. So you definitely don't want to give up the ability to grab Devontae. Uh, who do we take in 15? In 2015, we took Demarius Randall. So we'll definitely trade away our 2015 first round pick. And in the second round, we took Quentin Rollins. So you give your first and second and your first in 2021. And see if you can get up and get Aaron Donald. <clears throat> and uh, if need be, your 2016 first round pick. 
was Kenny Clark, so we're not we're not undoing that. Although then you don't need Kenny Clark if you have Aaron Donald. But man, you could have both. <laughs> I think what you do is you you package up a bunch of 2014 and 2015 picks. Make sure you can still draft Devonte, and then you move up and you grab Aaron Donald. So going back to the last couple of years, let's look at 28. Uh, so in 2021, pick 28 was Peyton Turner by the Saints. I don't even recognize that player. I don't ever remember hearing the name Peyton Turner. Uh, the following pick, of course, was Eric Stokes to the Packers. The previous couple of picks were Greg Newsom and Rashad Bateman. I think both of those guys have been decent, but not really worth moving up. I mean, I think if you're picking it, you know, the question is whether you like Eric Stokes or Greg Newsom better. And I think I'm fine with sticking with Stokes. So there's Travis Etienne. No, thank you. Najee Harris. Uh, I don't know. Because if, you, if you're... It's also hard because we, we have to let the 2021 class develop a bit and see what they turn into. <clears throat> 2020. Pick 28 was Patrick Queen. Absolutely not. Not even remotely interested. So actually, this is interesting. So we had pick 30, of course, and we moved up to grab Jordan Love at 26. Now, if we had owned pick 22, Justin Jefferson is sitting right there. That's clearly the guy that you take. You don't trade up. You don't trade back. You just pick Justin Jefferson at 22. And then you're sitting there with pick 28. And I'm not taking Patrick Queen. I'm not moving up to grab Jordan Love or Brandon Ayuk or Jordan Brooks. I'm not taking Patrick Queen. I'm not taking Isaiah Wilson. He's not even in the league anymore. Uh, Jeff Gladney. I'm not taking him because even though he is not being charged, he did miss um, a whole year. Uh, two, Basically two whole years, I think, um, with his legal issues. So he's with he's back in the league with the Cardinals now. Then you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No, thank you. T. Higgins was taken with the first pick of the second round. Um, maybe. I mean, you don't really need T if you have Justin Jefferson, and I don't love T. Higgins as a player anyways. Uh, but looking around me, is Michael Pittman. So, I don't know. You're taking probably Pittman or Higgins. We gotta take a second ad break. I'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jonathan Taylor at pick 41. 
I would do that. I would uh, reach and take Jonathan Taylor, and we would say goodbye to Aaron Jones, and we would have a lot of money left over because we wouldn't be paying Aaron Jones. So that's who I would take with those two picks. Uh, 2019. So pick 28. We already, we already did our the pick 22 for all these years. I'm just looking at 20, 28. So Jerry Tillery for the Chargers. Again, never heard of him. Uh, if you reach a little bit back, you could grab Debo at the beginning of the second round. That's who you would take. But if you're just looking at who you would trade up for in between 28 and 22, not a ton of great players. And I'm kind of seeing this consistently over these years is that right around pick 22, there's some decent players and you can trade up to like 15 through 17 and consistently grab some good guys. Uh, and then by the time you get to 28, first of all, this is where the Packers are typically picking anyways. And if you look at what they've done over the last few years, they're trading out of that pick occasionally. So in 2020, they moved up six, uh, four picks. In 2019, they moved up nine picks to pick 21. In 2018, well, 2018 is such a mess because they made so many trades. But they at one point, they owned the 27th pick. And so they traded from 14 back to 27. And then they moved back up from 27 to 18. So... I'm, I'm telling you, I'm 100% convinced that the Packers are going to trade up with one of these two first-round picks. And I think what you're going to do, it'd be interesting to see if they try and move up twice. If they try and move their 22 up and try and move their 28 up. And you could ask, well, why don't you just move the 28 all the way up ahead of the 22? And I, I get that the math seems like it works out, but I just don't think that you have capital to do that. You can't turn 28 into like a, an earlier first round pick you just you just can't do that you can't move ahead of 22 with just 28 plus like your second and all that you're not doing that but it'd be interesting to see if they move a couple of spaces forward from 22 and try and move 28 a little bit higher as well and you have the ammunition to do that because your second round picks you got 53 and 59 and those are worth so 53 is we're, it says pick 106, or not pick 106, it's 106 points, and 91 points. So 91 plus 106 obviously is 197. Packaging those two picks together gets you to the very back of the first round. You're talking pick 30 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but... If you were to package those second round picks with your first round picks, so your your two uh, Vegas picks, you'd have 91 points plus 253 points. That gets you to 344. So Matt, moving those two points, uh, pack, those two picks together gets you up to about pick 13 with the Texans. And I can tell you the Texans seem very motivated to uh, acquire as many picks as possible. So I think you could definitely get them to make that trade. So that would be pick 13. And on my big board, that is about the territory of Jermaine Johnson. So if Jermaine Johnson is still there at pick 13 and the Texans are not interested in taking him um, as a po- over 
uh, the two, I guess I can't call them early picks, but middle uh, first and second round picks that the Packers would be offering them. Could you move those two picks to go up and get Jermaine Johnson? I think the Texans would accept that. Um, also available because here's the thing also is that I think the Packers are going to be much more likely to make a trade like that. If a guy who they perceive as being substantially better than pick 13 is available at 13. So Jermaine Johnson is at number 12 on this, on this board, but let's say that Garrett Wilson, who is at eight, let's say that Garrett Wilson falls to 13. At that point, I think the Packers, if, and again, we're just pretending that we think that the Packers have the same big board that I'm looking at right here. All right. This all falls apart if you don't assume that (laughs) because we don't know what their board is. But let's say Garrett Wilson is there at 13. Do the Packers package up pick 22 and pick 53 to go up and get him? I think they do. Um, And the nice thing is that if you look at all these early picks, there's a ton of them at the positions that I think the Packers would be willing to trade up for. Edge rusher, safety, tackle, wide receiver, and quarterback. Now, you might get mad, but I think the Packers would take a quarterback. You immediately have a <laughs> a big firestorm on your hands because you're like, come on, Packers, you just re-signed Aaron Rodgers for a long-term deal. Well, we don't know that it's long-term. It's, it could be two or three years, or it could be a little bit longer than that. But do we think Jordan Love is going to be here two or three years in the future? I don't think that because his rookie contract is over, so you have to give him actual money, and you have to persuade him, hey, listen, I know that you burned your entire rookie deal sitting behind Aaron Rodgers here, but... If you trust us again and sign a second deal at a price that we can afford, then we'll make you the starter when Aaron Rodgers leaves. And at that point, you've been sitting on the bench for six or seven years. Jordan Love isn't going to be here. So I think the Packers are not ruling out quarterback. I think that they still have that in their kind of more premium position group. And again, would they move up for a wide receiver? I kind of think you might have to if the guys that you like are going early because I do not view this as a deep wide receiver class, actually. I think there are a handful of wide receivers who are worth drafting in the first round, but not a ton. I don't think there's 10 guys who are worth taking that early. I don't I I, I question whether there's even three. All right, I have um my top five wide receivers, I don't have first round grades on all five of them. I have first round grades on two of them for sure. And then after that, and eh, maybe Garrett Wilson is my wide receiver one. George Pickens is my wide receiver two. Uh, my third wide receiver is Drake London. I do have a first round grade on him. I forgot. After that, I kind of have Chris Olave and Traylon Burks as very similar value. I would be okay with taking either one with pick 28. Um, but I would, you know, I'd be doing that with the understanding that I think they are um, just not going to be there by your first, second round pick. 
I don't think that uh, late first round is really where they belong. But if Packers want a wide receiver, I don't think that any of these top guys are going to be there in the second round. I would really question whether Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, and Drake London are all there at pick 22. You might have to trade up if you want to grab one of those guys. And I'm not sure that that I have anybody else that I really think can be a uh, a premier wide receiver one, you know, a, an X wide receiver that your offense kind of is missing right now. So would I trade up for wide receiver this year? I actually would be willing to do that. I think uh, let's say that uh, it it's like pick 15 and Garrett Wilson and George Pickens are already gone. And at that point, there's only one wide receiver left that you kind of view as being uh, worth taking. And we're at pick 15. Uh, Drake London's consensus pick is actually at 11. So if it's pick 15, Drake London's there. He's the last wide receiver. And if you view wide receiver as your number one lead, uh, need, which I think it it might be, not that you have to draft a guy, but my point is that if Drake London is gone, by the time you get to pick 22, there's not any wide receivers that I'm willing to take at 22 because there's just so many guys that are worth much more to me than, um, you know, Traylon Burks or whoever you have as your fourth wide receiver. So if you're looking at, we're at pick 15, Drake London happens to still be there and you think that his value is 11. I'm looking at who else is left on this board. Uh, Traylon Burks is there. I would not take him with pick 22. George Karloftis is, I I would probably take Karloftis with 22. I don't, I'm not as high on him as a bunch of other people are, but I think he's good. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I'm not really interested in. Devontae Wyatt, I would rather have the Traylon Burks. Kobe Dean, Desmond Ritter. So you're looking at the guys who are going to be there around pick 22 are projected to be Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, David Ojabo, um, Andrew Booth, Bernard Raymond, Zion Johnson, Jahan Dotson, Daxton Hill, Lewis Seen. These guys are all going to still be available, and I think those guys are much more in the 22 range. Um, I say Chris Olave and Jameis Williams because those guys are picks 21 and 22 on the consensus board. I'm not taking either one at pick 22. Uh, Chris Olave, I would, I would take at pick 28, but I would not take at pick 22. And Chris Olave, I don't think is built to be your ex receiver. He'd be a phenomenal wide receiver too. I would, I would love to get Chris Olave. Um, and I think that 28 is okay value for him, but I'm not taking him at 21. Sorry, 22. So at that point, you know, is it worth it to me to trade up and grab uh, Drake London when I'm giving up the ability to grab uh, Zion Johnson, David Ajabo, Nicobe Dean, Devontae Wyatt, George Karloftis? Uh, that, that, that's a toss up. That that's that's the problem there with uh, it being Drake London. He's eleven on the big board. I don't think he's worth fifteen, but I would take him at twenty two if we could hold tight till twenty two. So that's kind of that iffy territory. So if Garrett Wilson or George Pickens are there at fifteen, yes, I'm trading up. If it's Drake London, I'm probably not. So these are just some 
kind of some of the fun things to think about, you know, how, how high up do you want to move? And you can move further with your 28 pick than you can with your 22 pick. Why? Because the, the picks preceding preceding 22 are worth so much more than the picks preceding 28. So the same compensation that would move you uh, like five or six spots to move up from 28 are only going to get you just a couple spots from 22. So let's do that math. So if you wanted to move from pick 28 up to pick 23, all right, that's five spots. So you're looking at 209 points versus 245. So 245 minus 209 is 36. So you need to come up with 36 points somewhere. And that actually is a early fourth round pick. Um, no, it's a late third round pick, which the Packers have one, uh, which is worth 43 points. So you'd have to pick up your, your um, third round pick. And that would get you up to pick 23. Would it get get you up to pick 22, which you already own? Uh, 22 is uh, 253 minus 209. So that's 44 points. And our third round pick is worth 43 points. So it doesn't actually quite get you all the way up to the 22 pick, which you already own. So the highest it can get you is uh, 23 to the uh, Cardinals. That moves you five spaces. So... Uh, if you moved packages up that same third round pick plus your first first round pick, so 253 plus 43 gets you to 296. So that's 17, which is five picks earlier. So you're actually moving the same. That's really interesting that the math works out that way. You're moving the same five spots at 22 and at 28. So that so. That math actually tells you that it is a better investment to move from 22 with a third round pick than from 28 with a third round pick. So that's that's really interesting. Now, the closer you get to pick number one, that gap starts to really change. Let's just pretend that you owned pick 13, which is 336 points, plus 43 for your third round pick, gets you a 397, uh, 379, sorry. So that moves you from, what did I say, 336 is pick 13. So 379 only gets you up to pick 9. So that moves you up 4 picks. So you can see it kind of collapses, and then right at the top is where it's really crammed together. So actually, if you wanted to move from pick number 2 to pick number 1, you would need... It would definitely need to be a first-round pick and actually a mid-first-round pick. To move from pick number two to pick number one, you'd have to also include pick number 15. So two and 15 together get you to one. See what I mean? It's a drastic difference. Uh, let's see. If you were to move from three to two, you would need to make up 203 points. And 203 puts you right at pick 29. So pick 29 for Miami plus pick number three for Houston, that gets you up to pick number two. So it uh, it definitely escalates really quickly <laughs> the closer you get to the top. Uh, for the first two picks, in order to move up one spot, you have to give up an additional first round pick this year. Uh, first to be in the middle, then at the end of the round. So if you're to take the logic from previous years and apply it to this year, where you're going to give up a fourth round pick, 
to move up your uh, first or second first round pick. Do we have two fourth round picks? Let me pull up my sheet. I think we do have two fourth round picks. That would be so packery. Yeah, we got pick 132 and 140, which is a compensatory pick. So if you moved one uh, pick 132 and pick 140 to move your first round picks up, you're looking at uh, pick 132 is worth 20 points and pick got to make sure I'm grabbing the correct ones 250 or 22 is worth 253 so that would move you up to pick 20 so you you be moving your fourth round pick to move up two spots from 22 to 20 that doesn't get you as far as I would have hoped uh with your fourth round pick who would be available at that point Nicobe Dean and Desmond Ritter are the guys sitting there at 20. So you'd be looking for guys who fell down to 20. So Devontae Wyatt is sitting there at uh, 18, 19. George Carlottis is 16. Uh, you do have Traylon Burks there, but again, I don't want to trade up for Traylon Burks. You're looking at uh, Jermaine Johnson is at 12. If he fell from 12 to 20, I think there's no question the Packers are moving heaven and earth to try and make sure that um, let's see uh, Pittsburgh and new England aren't taking Jermaine Johnson. Those are the two teams that pick right before green Bay. I think you're making he- moving heaven and earth to do, to ship off a, a fourth or maybe even a third round pick to jump up and try and grab Jermaine Johnson. So to uh, move up from 28 with the other fourth round pick, that gets you uh, 17 points for your second fourth round pick and 209 for your first, uh, second first round pick. So that gets you 226 points, which moves you up to not quite to 25 Buffalo, but uh, 26 Tennessee. Who would who would that be? So 26 uh, is currently projected to be uh, Bernard Raymond. So now that'd be an interesting one if Bernard Raymond is available at 26. Uh, and then Zion Johnson is the next pick at 27. There's two got two offensive ta- uh, linemen there who you think could play at right tackle for you. And you're sitting there and the only other offensive line prospect available is Kenyon Green. I think you probably would not move up two spots. You'd wait and see if one of those guys goes and then maybe trade up for the second guy. So outside of offensive line, who would you maybe take at 28? David Ajabo is sitting there at 23, although I would expect him to fall a bit with the uh, Achilles tear he's got. Jamison Williams, Chris Olave. Maybe you trade it for Chris Olave. If Olave falls from 21 and he's sitting there at 26, you probably trade up for that, especially if you didn't grab a, a receiver with your first pick. So if you take Jermaine Johnson and Alave with your two picks and you're giving up your fourth round picks to do that, that feels very Packery to do. Also, Devontae Wyatt at 19 might still, eh, that's that's kind of a long way from the fall, but it would definitely be worth it. Devontae Wyatt falls from 19 to, what did I say, 26? That's falling seven spots. That's, that's significant um, draft capital right there. If you only had to move up two spots to try and take uh, Devontae Wyatt so that uh, the, who do we have, Titans and Buccaneers didn't take him. 
And who is that? That was Devontae Wyatt. I think the Titans could definitely use a defensive tackle. Buccaneers might be set. You might not be super worried about the Buccaneers taking a defensive tackle, although, you know, not that they wouldn't be interested in moving on from uh, Ndamukong Sue, you know, and, and going to a cheap rookie. Yeah, that, that might be something you'd be concerned about. I think that would be worth it. So the, the Packers moving on from their fourth round picks would make a lot of sense. Again, I'm super in favor of burning your third round pick uh, because I, you know, again, just we, we just light our third round picks on fire, basically. So let's just see where that could get us with, with each of these if I didn't already do that. So third round pick is at 92. That's worth 43 points. So 28 would get you as high as... 252 points. That's pick 23. So you'd be picking back-to-back 22 and 23. That would be a lot of fun. Take back-to-back first-round picks. Ooh, chills. And in the process, you're getting rid of that third-round pick, which feels pretty useless at this point. I would do that. Um, And that would allow you to take, let's say, so you're not moving your your first pick. So you could take, the big board has Jamison Williams. Let's just say you took Jamison Williams at 22 because he's the next guy on the board 23 is david ojabo but bernard raymond zion johnson are both sitting there daxton hill daxton hill would be there at your pick 28 so that seems pointless to move up for him um but uh zion johnson bernard raymond that'd be fun you could take a take a wide receiver with your first pick and your second pick could be uh one of those two offensive linemen who's probably going to be gone by your pick uh 28 That'd be cool. Now, if we moved up from 22 with our third round pick instead, that gets you. I forgot I had to do math. I just immediately started looking at players without knowing where I'd be moving. 22 is 253. So 296 gets you um 17. So you'd be uh you'd be you'd still be picking at 28. Although you could again package some fourth round picks and move up from 28. You pick it at 17, and uh, Trevor Penning is right there. Uh, we don't want Kenny Pickett. Devontae Wyatt. That would make a lot of sense. You could move up. You could get rid of your third-round pick and move up into a position where you have available to you. Uh, George Kalloff has just went. So you, you could take your pick from Trevor Penning, Devontae Wyatt, Nicobe Dean, Chris Olave. Those guys are all projected to be gone by pick 22. So those are the guys that you'd have available if you moved on from your third-round pick. How many how many uh, trades do you think they're going to make this year? I feel like the more picks they have, the more trades they're going to make. Um, Goody just really loves moving around in these uh, in these drafts, especially in the early rounds. So I think he's only moved up in rounds one through three. Has he moved up anywhere else? No, one through three. So he's done third round twice, and he's done the first round. Technically four times, although two were in the same year. So, super interesting. Um, I, I I think they're going to make at least two trades. That just feels like the Packers and what they do. Uh, I got to get going. Super appreciate you uh, tuning in. Um, go over to, uh, so drafttech.com has this uh, trade value chart by Rich Hill. Um, play around with those numbers. See kind of who you can move around. I'm, I'm really curious. Shoot me a message on Twitter. Or with a text. Let me pull up the number again. What's, the, what's my number? Number is uh, not now. Ever know? Let's try an update. My number is two three one seven one four four one nine five. Shoot me a text to uh, 
or you can call and leave a voicemail as well. That's uh, that's a Google voice number. So don't worry about like, <laughs> I'm not going to answer it. And you're going to have to like awkwardly be like, oh, hey, yeah, I was going to leave you a voicemail, but you're here. No, it's definitely a voicemail or shoot me a text. Let me know who you want to move up for or move back for. Uh, th- this is the other thing that you could do in reverse is you could move back from some of these picks. Uh, like if you wanted to move back, pick 22, you could reverse engineer this. Let's say that you moved uh, as far back as pick 29. So you're taking 29 or 28 and 29 back to back. That frees up 50 points on the Rich Hill chart, which gives you an early, uh, a mid third round pick. So not really where you want to be picking, but that gives you ammo again to be moved around in the second round. Those second round picks, uh, I think, probably are super useful, but there's so many guys at the uh, back of the first, early second round that would be fun to have. I'd like to take as many of those guys as possible. So that's it for today. Again, if you want to help me get some better um, audio uh, equipment, if you just like what I do and want to help support the show, patreon.com slash JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. And JJ Leahy is my handle on Twitter as well, so make sure you get connected there. Super appreciate you, and I'll talk to you next week.